as we come to hear from you, anoint Pastor James to train and to teach and to lead us forward in the way that you would have him to in the name of Jesus. May we allow you, Holy Spirit, to prepare our wineskins to accept this new wine you are pouring out. This may require some tweaking and adjusting on our part, maybe even some outright breaking in us to make sure that we're pliable and that we can accept what you are doing, the new wine in the new ways. We say, come, Holy Spirit, have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray tonight. Thank you. Amen. Just crying out to the Lord for a greater hunger and thirst in my own heart for the things of the Lord. And, and I, I mean, I was praying that even before. I, and then I usually read a psalm a day. And I went to Psalm 107 because that was my psalm to read today. And it was about crying out for thirst and hunger for more of the Lord. I went, oh, well, isn't that incredible? So I was really encouraged. And it says this in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them in the, from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty, and the hungry he fills with good things. Isn't that great? Yeah. And I just felt this morning that that verse was specifically for me, but I wanted to share it today, so. Well, as we're uh, moving into uh, a time of um, kind of really trying to move in an obedience to the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's really been wonderful over the last, not just the last, the last year in so many arenas God has been moving and really trying to encourage us. And, and um, this was a little difficult for me to put together uh, today because there's so much, and I always put too much information together. So we have one more workshop. So I'm going to, I thought, okay, I'm going to deal with the former idea that I had. I'm going to put that on the shelf, and I'm going to focus on something that I feel the Lord led me to in the book. And in this book that I, I've been talking to you about, which is a great book, um, there's a chapter chapter, oh, sorry, The Essential Guide to Healing. And so it really it deals with the supernatural, the miraculous healing, deliverance, and how to do it as well. But one of the things they do first that I thought was really well done is they lay out um, a whole two chapters on the spiritual gifts. And what they do with that is they define the spiritual gifts, why the, because there's always an argument, are, well, are some of the gifts for today, and some of the gifts went with the apostles, and now that they're dead, and de the church has been fighting this for centuries, and so the book really gives a clarity on that, I like the clarity on it, and it really focuses in 
about how, when you shut the gifts down in the local church, the devastation of what happens in the body life, and that is the supernatural is missing, miracles are missing, and healings and deliverance because it's not talked about, it's not stirred, it, it's, it's not encouraged um, to be a normal, even a normal part of small group ministry or the uh, services or gatherings, prayer times. And I'm like, no, not here. That's not Joy's heart at all. And so, so um, one of the things that I think if you're an altar worker, you need to understand the manifestation gifts. There's different types of gifts. There's the ministry gifts, and that's the fivefold ministry gifts. And then there's the manifestation gifts as well. And, uh, and then there's the motivational gifts. But it's the, it's the uh, manifestation gifts that a lot of people do not understand what specific gifts they are. And they actually could even be moving in those gifts. They, but they don't have an understanding of the strengths of those gifts, the liabilities of those gifts, and the grace that's behind those gifts. And when I say grace, the anointing, that when that gift is activated in your life, the faith of God is moving in you, and that gift all, all of a sudden has that anointing, how, how do I move in that? And, and so those, those are happening all the time, by the way. There's any time faith is stirring in the house, those, those are the things that start to rumble around in people and to have that confidence as a prayer person who can come up and know that the Lord is now touching that gift or you're being asked to move in that gift, that you have the confidence to do that and, and not step back but press into it. And even if it's a small expression of that, because that's where it begins, right? It's usually a small expression, a small little step at first, and then we start to grow in our confidence that God's moving in us in that way, and we, we begin to take hold of it, and all of a sudden, we're moving in that gift, and we're not, we're not, we're moving obediently. We're, we're being attentive. We're, we're being prompted by the Holy Ghost to do that. So what I did is I took those two chapters, and I put a PowerPoint together and some notes. These are this is like an adapt, I, I, I've adapted. I wrote it in my, my own English so that we can understand it. I want to go through these quickly because then what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the manifestation gifts and we're going to actually read them together, but then we're going to practice it. We're going to actually practice some of those gifts and um, have the Lord minister. We'll come up here and minister to you. We'll do it in a group and minister together. And if, even if we get one or two gifts where we move that way this evening, that, that's fantastic. So, um, so again, this is an, I, I've adapted it from the, the chapters in here. And the theme is the gifts are for today. But we, are, we already know that at Joy. So I didn't highlight those things because that's not even an argument here. So Hebrews 2.4 says, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, distributed according to his will. And so he is really talking about once the resurrection of Christ happened and people were established in their salvation, 
there was, a, there was an immediate release. That's what he's talking about in that verse. Then it says, uh, the first blank here, spiritual warfare is real and we must prepare to fight through it. And we do that with the spiritual gifts. You can't do it in your own power. You, you have to do it with your spiritual gifts. And there's both a theological and practical value for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they are useful to help us in life and various problems we encounter. I think one of the greatest gifts to use against the enemy is speaking in tongues. I'm telling you right up front, it redirects the warfare. It gets your mind focused immediately on the power of the Holy Spirit, and it then also sheds light because as you begin to pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden some of the words start popping, scriptures, or the Holy Spirit says, go to the scripture, or the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate the word, perhaps that you were even studying that week, and all of a sudden your thinking has changed. And what you were either being tempted, tested, or battling begins to diffuse, and it weakens. And so when we're praying in the Spirit, I mean, that is a key uh, uh, to sp spiritual warfare. Um, so if you speak in tongues, I encourage you at all times, when you feel confused, baffled, you feel your feelings are all in, just, they're in an upheaval, or you feel discouraged or oppressed, David was, it was in, what? Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God and bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And so I just want to really highly recommend, and even sometimes before you begin to pray at the altar, because sometimes as soon as your spirit meets somebody else's spirit, there's warfare sometimes because you're not always dealing with light, right? You can be dealing with darkness or a confused person, and you have to begin to discern, and you don't know what to discern. You can quietly, you don't have to pray out loud in the Spirit even if you don't want to. You can just bow your head and begin to pray in the Spirit quietly. Um, so uh, today, it is the power of the manifestation gifts or sign gifts that cause unbelievers to turn to God and believe in the authority of the gospel message. I had somebody come to me this week and said, my daughter was online and saw that service and would like to have a meeting with you about that. And I said, uh, uh, yeah, and I got all nervous. Uh, you know, at first, uh, I'm like, okay, what did I say? What did I, you know? And the Lord's like, tell her you'll meet her. So I said, yes, I'll meet her. That would be fantastic to meet her. And I said, is she saved? And she said, um, not quite. I said, okay, that helps me to approach it differently. So, right? So, um, 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has, been uh, he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. And I think that's the beauty of ministering at the altar in the Spirit, is it's in the grace of God. It's a grace gift. It's not, to, it's not about you being right or wrong. It's about you moving in the grace gift that God's given you. The third point, uh, spiritual gifts are a blessing of God's power to help us in life. Second Thessalonians 1.11, and by his power, we may be feel, uh, fulfill every 
good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. And you'll sense that. You'll sense your faith starting to elevate. And that is the prompting of the Spirit. That's not just you. That's the Holy Spirit coming, stirring your faith, prompting your faith to say, you can, you're equipped to do this. Don't worry about what you've done before. You're equipped to do this. Go for it. Um, spiritual gifts help to establish God's kingdom and his domain, and it pushes back darkness. Every week that we are praying at the altar, we are establishing the kingdom of God. We're taking ground. The enemy wants us to think, well, only two people came to the altar. You do not know what those two people could do for the kingdom of God. You hear what I'm saying? We don't know what that person could actually do. And so you're, you're taking back dominion from the... Always think of it from, um, from a warfare mentality. I'm taking dominion over whatever this is in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm doing. I don't have to be intimidated. And then spiritual gifts create a breakthrough for the kingdom when the power of God is released and they perform a sign, wonder, healing, and miracle. These gifts show that the kingdom of God is at hand. And here's something that the enemy whispers to us. I think we have to uh, give more breath and length to miracles. I think we, we in our hearts, sometimes if it's not a physical miracle or it's not a healing from a disease, then we didn't know it was a miracle. Can I claim more miracles have happened at Joy with brokenhearted people, people with mental illness that we don't God did. I'm not saying we did it, but we laid hands on them and they were thinking clearly. They were inner healed. And the other week we had what three? Do you know three people that were delivered that Sunday from disease? Uh, do they have more work to do in those areas? Absolutely. But are they are they freer? They absolutely are. And so the whole emotional arena is healing. That's a whole area that. We need to say, it's not just physical healing, it's emotional healing, it's relational healing, those things. And then it's demonic deliverance, yeah. which is a healing, and then physical healing as well. And so, uh, just to broaden our base and our thinking about that. Uh, and then, as long as we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are to continue teaching the new... The newly baptized. That's interesting. Yeah. The newly baptized are called to heal the sick and cast out demons. That's what the scriptures even say in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Uh, the manifestation or sign gifts are intended for us today and every day until the second, of, second coming of Christ. I mean, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep going until he comes. Spiritual gifts prove and express the power of the gospel. We've been spending three weeks just on the power of the gospel. And they also authenticate correct doctrine and reveal the mercy, grace, and God's divine enablement. I think salvation displays that so powerfully. We really, in pre-service prayer, we need to pray for salvation to come to this community. I mean, we just need to say, God, bring the unsaved, or set up appointments for us this week with the unsaved somehow 
some way to pray them into the kingdom. Um, Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. And God is with us. God is with us. And because we're under the power of Jesus Christ, we have the authority over Satan and his demonic forces. And miracles of healing are symbolic demonstrations of God's forgiveness in action. And, and I love that. Uh, and he has a whole section of that in his book. And uh, it's really good. First um, Corinthians 1.7, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus to be revealed. That's what we're praying every Sunday. Not Pastor James be revealed. No, Jesus be revealed in this. Come with your glory to this place. Come in. And when you have the altar filled with altar workers, the gifts are there. The people who need the specific gifts or whatever the specific area of need is, those gifts are here at the altar. And God, God makes that available for each person. And we will not lack any spiritual gifts as we wait for the revelation of Jesus Christ. They are called to believe, we are called to believe in the continuation of gifts until Jesus comes. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do what? To do what? You, we can't measure on Sunday morning what he's capable of doing. Our bad, our, our bad week, bad mood, bad attitude does not distract God from doing what God might want to do. He can do immeasurably beyond all we could ask or think. As believers, we are to have power and be filled with the measure of the fullness of God and he does this through his grace gifts. God will reveal his power through us as we exercise our faith and obey his directives regarding operating in the gifts. And you hear the testimonies from people who, like I'm doing membership meetings now, one-on-one, and people will say, I went to so-and-so and they prayed for me. They're speaking that way, the new members. So I had two of the members who are from the Hope Shop, and they, were, they came to the prophetic night, and they got words, all three of them. And they were like, uh, the little boy said, well, it, it wasn't crazy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I said, well, why did you think it was going to be crazy? He said, I was terrified. He said, I was terrified. I said, and how are you now? He said, I'm okay. And he said this, he said, what made me feel this is interesting. So what made he said this two days ago? What made me feel okay is that I saw my mom alive. Because she was being ministered to. And he said, You don't know my mom. And everything uh, we called her Mrs. Pastor. She was afraid, but I kept looking at her and said, Mom, listen, isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's Kathy. So they, they, don't, they, they don't experience that stuff, but they knew it was true. 
they, it, God, through his spirit, confirmed and said, you're okay. Mm-hmm. It's not as crazy as our other church, but we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I was really encouraged by him. Um, one way God receives glory is when we put our faith in his ability to perform signs, wonders, miracles, and healings through our gifts. And I think during our prayer, our time during the week, we can be praying that way. It's yeah. just like, no, we shouldn't have, Lord, if you promised us that, can we see that? Can you use me for that? I believe you for it. I'm not saying it's going to happen every week. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he wants to use us that way. He wants us to believe that. And, um, and actual signs wonders, miracles, and healings, and not be ashamed of that. To say, I really desire that. I want to see that. Um, We're called to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. This was a great chapter on this as well. There's so much more. This is just a a quick summary of his thought. This fruit is both, the he calls them the moral fruits from Galatians 5, and then the fruit of power, he talks, those are the the um, manifestation gifts, or he calls them the sign gifts. Those are the signs, wonders, the working of miracles, healings, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of faith, tongues and interpretations. And so uh, so he encourages that. And he says the fruits of righteousness mean moral fruit and supernatural deeds, miracles and healings, which all come by the Holy Spirit. He said... You can't expect signs and wonders and miracles on Sunday if the congregation isn't intimate with God. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to give some thought to that. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah I thought, okay. So, um, and, and he's, he's meaning, if you read on in the chapter, he's talking about memorizing scriptures, meditating on the word. Praying the word, singing the word, waiting in the spirit, being prompted by the spirit and obeying. The, he said, that's intimacy with God. That, I was like, oh, okay. I would have thought, you know, I just, let's be quiet and sing Kumbaya with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he, he's, he says in Colossians 1, 10 to 11, he uses scripture And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And he was talking about when you're moving, and the knowledge of God is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's a manifestation gift. And he's talking, he wasn't talking intellectual knowledge. He's saying we move more in intellectual knowledge of God. You might know about God, but you don't know God. So a lot of people know about God, know about church, but they don't know God. And he said, knowing about God, knowing God is where intimacy is in crisis. Wow. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, So we pray Uh, So he says, um, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened 
with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have endurance and patience. And I think that when you're an altar minister, I don't know about you, but don't you have to, you have to be patient, you have to be patient, you know, with the process, you have to, you really do have to endure, because sometimes you feel like you're in one of these workshops every Sunday, you're like, when are we going to see the breakthrough that we pray about? It's not like we're not praying, Lord, when are we going to see these things that we believe are possible? And I think it is that spirit of endurance that takes grace, it takes grace, to be patient um, and to allow God to move on us. Uh, Acts 4, 30, 31 says, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miracle, miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they were filled with the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and spoke the word of God boldly. And that's Acts 4, uh, 30 to 31, the power that works to us is not our power. Rather than us using this power, God's deciding to use us by releasing his power through us. And I think when we humbly accept that, I think we can humbly move in that as well. And um, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you. Wasn't that a powerful illustration I shared about when the guy went to heaven and met yeah. all those dudes and the, all of them at the same time asked one question, what was it like to have the spirit of God live in you? That just shifted something in my faith when I saw, I went, ooh, okay, I get it. Wow. Um, so those are just, again, just uh, things adapted from the chapters in there. So now what I want to do is I want us to pull this out here. And these are, uh, I want to explain what I did here. So these are the gifts of the Spirit. I circled some of them in red because these ones are actually uh, not considered manifestation gifts. They're more motivational gifts. You notice these are motivational gifts. But I think that as you read this, you'll agree with me that you need to have mercy in order to have compassion to move in some of the gifts to minister to certain people's hearts. So you can read that over, uh, not right now, uh, and then, um, then exhortation. And that supernatural ability to encourage, comfort, I don't know about you, but don't you find that before you even begin to pray, what are you doing? You're listening and usually comforting and encouraging somehow. You know what I mean? Usually that person will they'll come and you'll ask them what's up and you begin to share and then you have usually a comforting word or you embrace them and then you begin to minister. So, um, you know, exhortation is comfort, and uh, sometimes it's a challenge to individual people, uh, and sometimes even a gentle rebuke. Um, uh, so exhortation. And then evangelism. Sometimes the individual will come. They're not even saved. And the Holy Spirit will say, ask them if they're saved. Mm -hmm. Because then it's an 
people in their hearts to do what God wants to do. It's not that God can't do what he wants to do, but he wants them saved so they, they're open to what he's about to do. Um, and then faith, that I would, you know, that's a motivation of faith, but it's also a manifestation of the idea. Um, the supernatural ability to trust God with extraordinary confidence, knowing that his will will work out his purposes in every situation. And so, and praying for an increase of faith. <coughs> and then the prophet often is considered a ministry gift, one of the fivefold ministries, right? But it also, not everybody has an office, is an office, moves in the office of a pastor, uh, of a prophet, but they can move in the prophetic. And so there's, there's a difference. There's an office, like I don't have an office of, to call me a prophet, but I move in the prophetic. You understand? I know my office is more of a pastor leader. That's more what I am. But then God will use me with the gift of prophetic uh, exhortation and often uh, use words of knowledge. So, and then whatever else I might consider as well. Right? So, and then you have the uh, supernatural ability to proclaim God's present or future truth in such a way that the hearers are moving to respond. You can read about that later. And then uh, the word of wisdom Then we come to, this is taken from Paul's Alport, Spiritual Assessment. And this is, now we go into the spiritual gifts flowing out of, and they say flowing out of prayer and worship. And these are the manifestation of them. So you have discerning of spirits, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, and then some would also include prophetic, word of wisdom, and wisdom. So, So, um, what we want to do 
tonight is I want uh, you to be read, but then I want to practice because some of you already moved in these gifts, and some of you may not move in them, but you did know you're going to read this and go, oh, oh, I didn't know that's what that was, or I've done that many times. That's interesting. I didn't know that I moved that way before. So. Um, do you want to join us down here, Eric, for this part? Because we're finished out the slides. And Cherise, come on and join us. So who would like to read the Sermon of Spirit? You could, I want you to read that whole part.
that certain people move in certain realms of healing and to be okay with that. You know, some people just have uh, a ministry to those who have cancer. For whatever reason, God's given them that, they flow in that vein. And, uh, or uh, legs, or, you know, or people who have issues with legs. Or, um, so that has happened. I've seen that happen. Okay, miracles, who likes to read that? Thank you. 
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info. And as we come to hear from you, anoint Pastor James to train and to teach and to lead us forward in the way that you would have him to in the name of Jesus. May we allow you, Holy Spirit, to prepare our wineskins to accept this new wine you are pouring out. This may require some tweaking and adjusting on our part, maybe even some outright breaking in us to make sure that we're pliable and that we can accept what you are doing, the new wine in the new ways. We say, come, Holy Spirit, have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray tonight. Thank you. Amen. Yay! It's Brenna. Just crying out to the Lord for a greater hunger and thirst in my own heart for the things of the Lord and and I, I mean I was praying that even before I, and then I usually read a psalm a day and I went to Psalm 107 because I thought that was my psalm to read today and it was about crying out for thirst and hunger for more of the Lord I went oh well isn't that incredible so I was really encouraged and it says this in verse one oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them in the, from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. Isn't that great? Yeah. And I just felt this morning that that verse was specifically for me, but I wanted to share it today, so. Well, as we're uh, moving into a, a time of um, kind of really trying to move in an obedience to the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's really been wonderful over the last, not just the last, the last year in so many arenas God has been moving and really trying to encourage us. And, and um, this was a little difficult for me to put together uh, today because there's so much, and I always put too much information together. So we have one more workshop. So I'm going to, I thought, okay, I'm going to deal with the former idea that I had. I'm going to put that on the shelf, and I'm going to focus on something that I feel the Lord led me to in the book. And in this book that I, I, I've been talking to you about, which is a great book, um, there's a check chapter, oh, sorry, The Essential Guide to Healing. 
And so it really it deals with the supernatural, the miraculous, healing, deliverance, and how to do it as well. But one of the things they do first that I thought was really well done is they lay out um, a whole two chapters on the spiritual gifts. And what they do with that is they define the spiritual gifts, why the, because there's always an argument, are, well, are some of the gifts for today and some of the gifts went with the apostles and now that they're dead and de the church has been fighting this for centuries. And so the book really gives a clarity on that. I like the clarity on it. And it really focuses in about how, when you shut the gifts down in the local church, the devastation of what happens in the body life. And that is the supernatural is missing. Miracles are missing.